you guys? Welcome to Ratchet Dojo Radio. I am your host, Ro The Show. In this podcast, we're going to take you down, pass your guard, and then steal your girl. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, you guys. Welcome to Ratchet Dojo Radio. I am your host, Ro The Show. If this is your first time listening and you are wondering what this podcast is about, this podcast is all about jujitsu and everything that revolves around it. Before I introduce to you our guests of the evening, I have to do some housekeeping. So first, if you like this podcast and you're getting something out of it, please tell one of your BJJ friends about it. And please hit that subscribe button. We are dropping new content every Monday and Wednesday, and you do not want to miss them. Mondays, we have our Ratchet Roundtable, and we talk about our experiences moving up the ranks. We offer you advice that may help you in your pursuit of black belt. Wednesdays, we talk to our Ratchet experts that are also jujitsu practitioners and offer you advice in their chosen field of work. So you do not want to miss these. Second, and this is how we pay the bills. Please go to RatchetDojo.com and support the cause by purchasing your limited edition t-shirts for only $25. And now, welcome to Ratchet Dojo. What is up, you guys? Today is Monday, June 1st, and I cannot believe that we are already six months into 2020. Our guest of the day is, this man is a jiu-jitsu black belt. He is better known as Big Panda. So you want to be a sponsored jiu-jitsu athlete? Ladies and gentlemen, the owner, founder, CEO of Inverted Gear. I was waiting for that. <laughs> Mr. Nelson Puentes. <laughs> What's up, Nelson? Hey, man, here we are. Beautiful day in Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. Uh, spent a lot of time running around with my kid outside today. Got a, got a workout in this morning, trying to keep the dad bot away. It's, and a, that's it. it's a nice day. It's a, it's a, I don't know how it is in Pennsylvania, but today it's like a little, it's cool here in New York City. Uh, what's the weather like over there besides, uh, you know, that? It was, like, it, was like, it was like in the 70s all day. Uh-huh. It was good. It was sunny. Got it. It was a really nice day to be outside. Got it. Got it. And um, how old is your son? Two. Two years old. I have, um, I don't have a son. I have uh, two puppies. I have a 10 month old and an eight month old, but they're practically, <laughs> they're practically little, little boys. <laughs> yeah. We have a, uh, we have a 10 year old uh, blue nose people uh-huh. that loves this guy who's getting loud behind me right now. <laughs> and like, yeah, he's, uh, they were playing outside all day. He's chasing each other. Cool. Uh, and for those of you listening, we are doing this over the phone, obviously, because we're still in quarantine, if you are listening to this. So uh, if you hear Nelson's son, I mean, that's, it. just, it is what it is, right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. He, so, he, he just left. We should be good now. All right, cool. He was just checking in on me. Got it. So uh, Nelson, uh, I know of you. Everybody knows of Inverted Gear. We love the product. We love the brand. We love what it stands for. But we want to get an in-depth uh, uh, perspective or get a sense of who the man behind Inverted Gear is. So where are you from uh, and, and so on? All right. So I was born in Chile. I grew up in Chile, in the south of Chile. 
my family own uh, a cherry farm. Both of my grandparents have farms in a small farming community in the south of Chile. My parents uh, moved away, moved away north for work, bounced around a little bit, and then around 2000, uh, we decided to move to the United States. We moved to New Jersey, and I spent uh, all of high school here. I, I went to college I, at some point during college. I fell in love with jujitsu. Uh, towards the end of what should have been like my last year of college, I took a year a year off. Uh, to save some money to pay for my tuition, so I wouldn't uh, graduate with a bunch of debt. I was playing, uh, like my parents were helping me out, and I was working and paying my way to school. So the last year, when I took a year off to, like you know, take my, I think I'm 12 or 13 credits short of a degree. So when I took that time off to save some money, uh, the opportunity to start a business popped up, and my college money ended up being the seed money to start in year. Wow. <laughs> and then Invertigear took off and then I never went back to college to finish my degree. <laughs> Something that my mother has not forgiven me for yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that, that's pretty wild. So, um, okay. So let's just backtrack a little bit. So as far as jujitsu is concerned, how did you get involved and who, where did you start training? So I wrestled in high school. Uh, one of my best friends talked me into wrestling, uh, joining the wrestling team my junior year of high school. I... I fell in love with wrestling. Uh, had like um, had a shoulder injury my junior year that signed me like half the season, and then when I was healthy senior year, I did pretty well. Uh, we were like a pretty competitive district in New Jersey. Somehow I made it out of my district, made it to the region, and then like I made a decent run at the region tournament. Uh, fell short of making the state tournament, and it kind of had this bug, you know. Like uh, my wrestling coach talked me out of wrestling in college. Told me like you know, smart kid, and you try to get my degree instead of like hating life, cutting weight, and is my, it was gonna be like much different to be a college wrestler with like you know my two years experience versus everybody else I've been wrestling their whole lives, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I I went to college. Uh, I got like into Olympic weightlifting. Uh, I played rugby for a year, but I miss jujitsu. I mean, not jujitsu. I mean wrestling. I mean mm-hmm. grappling. Yeah. So uh, I came across. Uh, that Marcelo highlight, uh, Marcelo Garcia highlight everyone has seen where he's like, I'm dragging everybody and putting people to sleep. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he's blown away. I, I wasn't sure what I was watching because they like, you know, it looked like wrestling, but it wasn't wrestling. Like there was all these submissions and like, you know, I was familiar like with MMA, but like I'd never seen a jiu-jitsu tournament before. Right. So it was me. I called my friend, the same guy that got me to the wrestling team, and we started looking at this jujitsu stuff. Started talking about it. We should do it. We should do it. Maybe we should do MMA. And then nothing happened for like six months. And then my friend calls me one night. He says, "Hey, there's a jujitsu tournament in a month. We should do it." And I was like, "Okay." So we signed up for a jujitsu tournament the next day. Uh, Grappa's Quest. Okay. Uh, this was like 2007. So we signed up for a jujitsu tournament before we were taking a class. <laughs> So we signed up for jiu-jitsu tournament. Uh, we found a local place, a local MMA school that had jiu-jitsu classes. Uh, one friend I knew, uh, I was working at like a strength conditioning gym at the time. There was like this really high-level judo guy. Uh-huh. And he was into jiu-jitsu and he would teach jiu-jitsu out of the judo school. So I ended up training over there and then I would cross-train judo as well. And I did, you know, we did this tournament and I just fell in love with it and just never looked back. Um, after that tournament, you know, like every decision I made just went through the, how does this affect my, my jujitsu filter? Right. Like every job I took, every, every college class, like, you know, I have to like look at the schedule. So I could like sneak in either like morning training or like an afternoon session. 
And, um, yeah, that's, that's how he got me. <laughs> and then, uh, besides your judo slash a jujitsu coach, uh, where did you train out of? So I was at that place. Uh, and then I was, I would bounce around a few schools in New Jersey. At one point there was a school in Newark, uh, the Macaco gold team, like old school shooter box guy. Mm-hmm. And like that ended up being more of an MMA school. And they were like really pushing me to do an MMA. Uh, I got my purple left from Macaco and I really didn't want to do MMA. I just wanted to do Gi Jiu Jitsu. I really wanted to like compete in like IBJJF tournaments. Mm-hmm. So, um, Kevin Sheridan, uh, started opening a Jiu Jitsu school. He was like, uh, he's a Fabio Clemente black belt. He was a brown belt at the time when he opened the school. Mm-hmm. And he, he was actually closer to where I was living. I was driving like an hour or 90 minutes in the morning with traffic to Newark to train. So, um, uh, Kevin opened the school and then I got hooked up with Alliance, started going to New York with trainer and uh, trainer Fabio. So like Fabio was there, Babs. Uh, at that time, Lucas was still in New York. Mm-hmm. So like my Purple Bowl years, I was I got a lot of training with Lucas. Uh, uh, guys like Chris Byzantine were, were still at Fabio's. Um, Dave Bass was still around. So I got like a really, a lot of really good training during those years. Got it. And I got my black ball from Kevin um, six years ago now. When was that? Um, 2012. So I got my black belt like six and a half years, seven years, and then I um, I moved to Pennsylvania, and then that's when that's when I stopped training at Kevin's, and then I I've been, I've been bouncing around gyms in Pennsylvania. Got it, got it. And uh, I noticed that you you travel a lot for tr- jujitsu as well. Is that like part of the BJJ Globe Trotters? Yeah, a lot of the traveling started. I always like to travel. Um, I didn't do much international traveling until I met, uh, I met Christian. Mm-hmm. Like I went to visit my family in Chile. Uh, at one point we, I went with uh, Riley body to the UK when he fought in Polaris and like I traveled with him for a little bit, like doing seminars around the UK and we signed up for the U S Globetrotters camp. Like the first one, I don't even know how long ago that was. And, um, like it was the first time they were coming to the U.S. I mean, I I've never met Christian personally, but I mean, I remember like following his blog for a long time. I was really following the blog when he did like his trip around the world, mm-hmm. uh, which is something I always wanted to do. So like he he's like I'm like a kindred spirit in Christian. <laughs> so uh, we signed up for the camp, but like as campers, like you know, not expecting anything. Um, and then like a week or two weeks before the camp, a lot of the instructors start falling out. Mm. So. I messaged Christian. I was like, "Hey, you so you know, um, me and my wife are our black belts. If you need help with anything, covering classes, help doing open match, let us know." And Christian just sent me an email right back. He said, "Hey, like, thank you so much. Yeah, I get it. it's crazy. I never had to deal with this before." Uh, and, and then he's like, "Here's a like, send me a refund right away." And then he's like, "All right, you're an instructor now." <laughs> so he puts me on this. He's like, "What do you want to teach?" And uh, puts me on the schedule. I think I felt like ankle locks and takedowns. I have two classes at camp. And people like my classes. Uh, I got along with Christian. I got along with everybody. Like, you know, he, he really does have an awesome community. And Christian, he told me, he said, hey, like, you know, I uh, really enjoyed meeting you. Like, this was so fun. Like, everybody had nothing but good things to say about your classes. If you ever want to come to one of the European camps, just let me know. Uh, let me know. I'll put you in the schedule and I'll, I'll, take, I'll take care of your lodging. And then if you want to travel after camp, I'll, I'll help you find places to visit, like, you know, academies or whatever. So... Uh, the first European camp they next year was like the the Austria camp, and um, it was like the winter camp. So it's like jujitsu. Uh, it's like jujitsu in the afternoon, and then everybody skis or snowboards in the morning. And I always wanted to learn to snowboard, so 
I called Christian up and then he said, yeah, for sure. Uh, I'll put you guys in the schedule. Uh, you want to go anywhere else before? And then I always wanted to go to Copenhagen. At that time, Christian was living in Copenhagen. So me and my wife, Hillary, me and Hillary flew into Copenhagen, spent New Year's in Copenhagen, then went to the camp. And then after that, we were just hooked. I think we did like something like 10 camps in two years. Wow. Yeah, and, and then the more we travel and we start making more connections in Europe, eventually we open like a European warehouse for inverted gear because we're getting a lot of uh, a lot of interest for the brand. So the, the traveling really helped helped us grow the brand. It wasn't just I mean it was a lot of us having fun, but it was also a, a, like you know we looked at our travel and all our traveling expenses, like you no know, plane tickets and hotels. We had a an advertisement budget for inverted gear, and like the advertising budget was like you know mostly just us traveling places and just getting in front of people and making like real human to human connections instead yeah. of like putting putting ads all over the place and like you know tagging people and just following them up, following them around online until they clicked on our product. Yeah, I mean, I see a lot of that, and and then you're, you know, I follow you on Instagram, and and you know, one moment you're in Copenhagen, one moment you're like, I don't know, like somewhere in the <laughs> South America or something. So I'm like, geez, this guy gets around. So it's kind of like you're a nomad, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was something I read. I don't know, like reading uh, the Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss a long time ago. Yep. And I was like, man, like I really want to do that one day. Like I, I really want to, <laughs> like you know, be able to work on my laptop and just travel. So at one point we had a jiu-jitsu academy right after we got my black belt, uh, right before we started traveling. And we were like, you know, that plan was like opening a jiu-jitsu academy and like inverted gear was doing well. And we're like, okay, like, you know, we can take a chance because I was getting paid to teach in New Jersey, but I wanted to open it my own school. So I decided to open it in Pennsylvania. So I wouldn't put my students in New Jersey in an awkward situation to follow me or stay at the old place kind of situation. So we opened the school in Pennsylvania and like we were like three months into it. And like, you know, we were just pouring money into the new academy. And then we really were, well, we re- both of us really wanted to travel all these places. So we're like, okay, like if we open an academy, we're not going to go anywhere for like three years. And like right now, both of us have no debt. Like we have no student loans. Uh, like, you know, I was driving a beat up car. I was like, you know, we don't, we don't even have like a car payment. Like if we don't travel now, we're never going to do it. So closed up shop talk to Christian and then we just, just started traveling. And then like, you know, the more people we met, uh, more opportunities came up, like, you know, uh, met, met people from Norway at camps. They invited us to go teach at the academy for a week, met people from Italy, uh, from Sardinia in Italy. And then like, uh, ended up like doing a camp over there and then staying a week after and like teaching at the local academy ended up like, you know, doing, um, uh, last year we did a trip to Germany, uh, to the Netherlands, Germany, and Austria for like a month. So I've been to Japan three times. I've been to Korea. I've been to Thailand. Uh, it's one of my students is from Taiwan. He he's been inviting me to go out to Taiwan with him forever. We finally were able to make it happen last year, and, and it's especially now how the world is now, and like how no one is traveling, and like you know, Google. I just get this Google alert like, hey, you were here three years ago. Hey, we we're here four years ago. <laughs> so while I never took it for granted, like especially now, I really. It really makes me appreciate we were able to do those things. Yeah, no, that that's man, you're you're like living the dream, you know. I feel as if like because I know I know I went through it too. When I received my black belt, I'm like, uh, you know, what should I do with this? Should I open up academy? Should I start teaching? Or should and it just it's just not for me, you know what I mean? And and like I never want to be held down. And I think that, you know, you made the right decision in my opinion, because it's like you have this business that can that you can like take anywhere in the world, like on your laptop, right? 
Yeah. Yes. I like for the longest time it wasn't even like a Windows laptop. It was like a Chromebook, like a two hundred dollar <laughs> Chromebook. I was running this huge company no out of. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's pretty wild, man. So, um, you know, that actually brings up the the question. It's like, okay, so let's go back now. Like you said you dropped out of, well, you, you paused college. You were, you know, and then you decided. You're going to say drop out. It's okay. I'm at peace with it. (laughs) Okay, good. So you dropped out of college (laughs) and then you decided to create inverted gear. So what was the, like the motivation, the inspiration for inverted gear? So I know I wanted my own business. But I never knew, I never thought it was going to be this. Um, I, I was teaching at the time and we were affiliated under the Alliance. I was a purple belt at the time and I was teaching and my guys just wanted a patch. Like, you know, we have the Alliance patch in our geese, but they wanted like a patch, like a Nelson Point Jiu-Jitsu patch. And we, we saw a picture of a panda. I mean, like this was like, you know, 2012, 2000, uh, 2011 when like, in Berlin, which like Berlin Bolo, like in Car was like really, at this heyday, like it was getting really, really popular. Mm-hmm. So we saw a panda like doing the upside down pose. So we're like, oh my God, like Jiu-Jitsu panda, like that's awesome. And then we decided to make that the patch. So made like these t-shirts with the upside down panda and Nelson Pointis, Nelson Pointis Jiu-Jitsu on it. And I got it made at like this local print shop in New Jersey and they were awful. Like like really shitty quality shirts. Like <laughs> they, they, it did not look good. Right. So my guys are like, it's still like, you know, my guys like them. And like, you know, we like, we made them already. So somebody had to wear them. So or my guys are wearing these t-shirts and we go into like, you know, local grappling tournaments like Naga or, um, I'm like going to like the Abu Dhabi pro or something. And then like people are coming up to me and asking like, Hey, where you get that cool Panda shirt. <laughs> I'm like, I made it. <laughs> and then there'll be like, can I buy one? And I was like, what? <laughs> you want to give me money for this? He's like, yeah, I really love the Panda. And I was like, wow, you know, like that's, that's awesome. And then one of my guys, I like still, like still not connecting. This would be a business. So while this is going on, one of my guys is like, Hey, like, you know, you should make geese with a Panda on them for the Academy. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll look into it. So I look into it and like, you know, I uh, go like Alibaba to find a factory and like, you know, everybody's minimum, like, you know, the smallest order you can make is like a hundred geese. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, who, like, you know, I have like 50 students, like what, like each one of them is going to buy two of them. Like, no way. Like, you know, this is not going to work for an Academy geese. And then, you know, I probably have read the four hour work week twice at that point. I'm like, okay, like let's, let's try to make this business like uh what should we call it uh bearing ball of brand and then i was like ah, inverted gear inverted gear sounds cool okay let's put like inverted gear underneath the panda let's make the gear upside down and i was like okay that that's a dope logo like okay we can we can work with this <laughs> and we did like you know we used to design i say we one of my students was helping me out because i had like no idea how to like, grab our graphic design i'm like terrible like Hillary wouldn't even like let me open her design files <laughs> so uh, one of my students at the time, I like some Photoshop skills and he helped me, you know, like draw this up and like we, we sent it to a few factories, got samples back. One factory stood out and, you know, I ordered, I remember like, it was like a hundred, a hundred geese, I ordered a hundred geese is the minimum. And a bunch of my students like pre-order. So like, you know, whatever money I had saved up was the pre-orders from my students pay for the first batch mm-hmm. and first batch of geese came in. Um, they land and then like the the guy the career company we shipped them by air so like the guy calls me hey you have these boxes here did you did you file the customs paperwork and i'm like what is customs paperwork 
And the guy's like, oh my God, like it's like super thick, like Brooklyn accent. It's like, oh fucking guy, like, you know, you're going to get fined, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh Jesus. So ended up like having to find somebody to file the paperwork for me. And then it was like a whole mess. It took like two weeks to get the geese out of, uh, like, uh, they were like sitting at JFK. So then I got like charged like warehousing fees. It was like this whole mess to get the geese out of there. So eventually the geese get released. I go, I pick them up. Um, I ship them out of my parents' basement and you know, I'm, um, now I have money left over and I'm like, okay, like now that was kind of like my proof of concept. I was like, okay, like somehow people want to buy from me, even though I have the world's worst website and, uh, I have a silly panda on these things and, uh, people like this. I'm like, like my, at that point, like we didn't have like, a, like Instagram wasn't really a thing yet. So we had like a Facebook page and Facebook, the Facebook pages back then were a lot better. Like the algorithm was a lot, uh, it was like the, the organic reach, the algorithm, the Facebook algorithm has was much better than it is now. If you had a follower, they pretty much they saw what you, like, you know, what you posted. So it was a lot easier. It was, it was a lot nicer to use Facebook back then. Yeah. But yeah, we were mostly through our Facebook page. I think we started collecting emails right away, but like, you know, like our newsletter maybe had a hundred people on it at that point. So we decided to carry on and like, you know, I, keep balance through to like, you know, run this company. Uh, I order 150 geese this time since we have more money. And uh, I think in the beginning we were like white geese, like now we have white and blue, you know, moving up in the world. And, you know, sold those. And uh, around this time is when I met Hillary. And she actually, I met her and we were like on a date and then we started dating. And then like Around that time, there was like a bunch of pre-orders that needed to be shipped and the keys came in. Like she actually drove from Pennsylvania to New Jersey to like help me ship keys all day. Wow. And, you know, we shipped like, we shipped like 150 keys, like, you know, you bagging them, packing them in the car, taking them to the post office. Was that a date? So, uh, uh, and that's when I was like, man, she's a keeper. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> she's a keeper and she's actually like, Hillary is a graphic designer. Um, Hillary is a graphic designer. She's like the best kept secret. I, I keep saying she's like the best kept secret, like graphic design in jujitsu. She actually designed uh, MG's logo, Marcelo's logo. No way. That's cool. Yeah. Like Marcelo had like a, uh, a logo design contest when yeah. she was, at that time she was like, she was going to school for graphic design and she met Marcelo at a seminar and yeah, she submitted her design and like, you know, that's the one they picked. And like, so she designed a logo. They like stylized it and changed it a little bit over the years. But yeah, like the original design was hers. And when she was out, she was in San Diego for, um, uh, for like seven years. So she did some, some work for, uh, solo. She designed like Rafael Lovato's, uh, logo. So she worked with like, you get two logos before she worked with like a key designs before. So mm-hmm. she was like, you know, it was like, Oh, she's like, she got like all the skills that I needed. So plus she's like much more organized than I am. So Dude, now, you like, you know, early on, like, yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like treading water, man. It was, it was like as fast it was growing and I was like the only one working on it. Plus at this time I'm like teaching jujitsu in the morning, teaching a jujitsu class in the morning, going to work at a painting company and then teaching more, two more jujitsu classes in the afternoon, then getting home and working on the gi company. So it was like crazy. Yeah. So yeah, she started, she started, uh, she just moved back from San Diego. She was like in between jobs. She was helping out her dad's business. And then like she had time to like, you know, help me out with my business. So oh yeah, she started working for me right away. And then like, you know, now, like if she wasn't for her, like, you know, they wouldn't be in Vertigear. So like now we're, we're 50, 50 owners. 
I, I recognize that, like, you know, this would not have happened if it wasn't for her. And, you know, to this day, like, she's designed, every single gig we've made has been designed by her. Mm. And like, you know, she's, she's um, now it's amazing because like, you know, she, she took a look at my design files and she almost had a heart attack. She's like, what are you guys doing? She said, you just put in stuff like, you know, you're not telling the company what size you want it to be, what placement, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, how, how much bleed here, what kind of stitching, like all these kind of things. I was like, I have no idea what you're saying to me. <laughs> and like, you know, now the company, the companies, we, the factories who work with love her because like now it's like we get one sample and that's it. It's perfect. Before I was telling like, you know, my, my artwork that was like, you know, drawn up in Emma's Payne and they were like, what are you doing to me? They're like, oh, we need vector files. I'm like, I have no idea what vector files. <laughs> so yeah, this whole thing has been a huge, huge, huge uh, learning curve. Yeah, oh, that's 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 amazing, man. <laughs> Definitely scored, man. <laughs> yes. Oh, I, I I tell her that every day. Uh, so um, as far as like you know the hours you're putting in, you know, because you were just mentioning that you know you train in the morning, you you go to work for painting, and then you had. To, teach two more hours. And if somebody was like looking to start up a company, it, it seems like that that's kind of like the formula. It seems like it's like you do it on your part-time when you're, you're not. Yeah. You anything. definitely, I would, I would say, yeah, you definitely do it on the part-time. How many hours? Uh, now, especially, especially now, I think it's really easier than ever to start a company. Yes. Um, the, the online platforms like Squarespace, Shopify, like Wix, it's so easy to put up a website with a shopping cart now. Uh-huh. And like, you know, like now, like, like phones are so good. Like you can take like product pictures with your phone and like, you know, a little bit of editing, you can like be selling something. And now like Shopify, that's everything. Like, you know, even like the shipping is like shipping, like making shipping labels, pulling the information from the order and like making the shipping labels, like everything's like automated through those websites now. Yeah, So it's I- like so much easier than it used to be. I actually just like, um, cause I b- made a bunch of shirts for like people that, uh, purchased the uh, ratchet dojo shirts and yeah, this is my first time using Shopify, uh, doing that printing thing. And yeah, it's so easy. It's like kind of wild, you know? Yeah. Shopify is really simplifying this stuff. And it's something that I remember like at the beginning and they're like, uh, I was talking to people and like, I was figuring it out. I was like, Oh, should you Shopify? Uh, should I make like, like, a, um, Word uh, WordPress website with like WooCommerce or something else, and oh, then like it was you know, terrible back they, then. It was like, <laughs> yeah, it was like it, remember, it was like impossible to figure it out. And then like you know, what, yeah. like and then whatever you did to WordPress, you you added like a new plugin, and it would just break everything. And then you had to like hire somebody to fix your website. Yeah, remember yeah. when when so, websites used to cost like to to build it was like five, ten, twenty thousand dollars for to hire like a yep. a, a, gra- a designer. I'm like, what? Yeah. So yeah, that stuff, it's the barrier of entry has definitely gone down Yeah, and it's much easier. The only thing is like, like anything, like, you know, now it's just more competition. Like I remember when I started in bird a year, maybe they were, there were uh, 12 American key brands. Now there were a hundred. Yeah. So there, there's pros and cons over time, but yeah, it's definitely much easier. And what, what I would suggest to anyone starting a company is just like, you know, if you have ambition and you want to make something, definitely make it. Uh, factories are out there. You, you know, if you want to invest your money on yourself and like you believe you have the skills to pull this off, go for it. You don't expect to make money in like the first two years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's the one thing I remember is like, you know, like I was working all these jobs and never had money because I was just reinvesting more money into the company because like, you know, 
at the beginning we were, we were 100 geese, but then next order it was 200 geese, and then 300 geese. So there was always, I was always owing money to the gee company, uh, the gee factory. And then like, oh, we should make rash cards. Like, okay, we should make rash cards. Like, okay, now I have to come up with money for rash cards. Like, oh, okay, like, you know, mm-hmm. invest in whatever my salary was from teaching or the, the painting companies back into the business. Like, you know, I didn't take a paycheck from the company for like three years. Speaking to that, you know, what was your motivation then? Because most people start up a company or, or this idea and then they just like, they just give up on it. What was your motivation? Well, I think like the thing with, with jujitsu is it makes you appreciate that your goal might be 10 years away and the day, your day-to-day improvement might not seem but might not seem like much, but eventually you have your black belt, you know? Yeah. So when you start, when you start a company is it's like, yeah, I'm not making money now, but people are buying, I'm building my brand. People are getting to know my products. People know I make good quality products. People know that I have good customer service. People like my sense of design, like, like we keep it minimal. I remember like at that time too, it was like, everybody was going to like the friction round. It was like really tough guy, like dragon skulls, like shiny. It's terrible. And like we went the complete opposite way. So we like really like carve ourselves like a niche, like a little like section of the market. Yeah. So we just building that brand and like, you know, I knew like eventually one day this would pay off and like it'd be big enough. We would have enough inventory. We have enough monthly sales to sustain ourselves. It, It was just about getting there. But you know, it was just about, like I said, like I started, like, you know, I never had investors or anything. So like I started with like, you know, my college fund, <laughs> my, <laughs> my last two semesters of college fund. And you just, you know, invest, like, you know, you invest in, invest in, invest in, invest in. And like, I, like, you know, having that leap of faith of like, you know, this is literally, this is all the money I have in the world that I've been saving for the last six months. Mm-hmm. And I was going to send it to this guy I've never met in Pakistan to make, <laughs> You make grappling pajamas with a panda on them that are going to get shipped by sea, which all kinds of shit can happen during that time. I was like, man, I was like, like, I remember like the first time, bro, I was watching CNN every day. I was like, Somali pirates are a thing, man. Somali pirates are going to steal the geese. (laughs) Oh man, the struggle of an entrepreneur. It's kind of (laughs) wild. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you said, um, you know, being a black belt, you know, because it kind of like, like, you know, doing this podcasting ratchet dojo, it's like, I'm four years into it as far as like, um, the brand, but I kind of like, wasn't doing anything with it for like three and a half years. So, <laughs> and like, and now I just like during this pandemic, it's kind of like, well, I kind of just have to like, I want to do this podcast. So, <laughs> so I'm glad that I'm still a white belt. So that's the way I'm looking at it. I'm, I'm still learning. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in it for the long haul and, but yeah, I'm still a, I'm still a white belt and you know, I, I got a way to go. Cause sometimes yeah, I, mean, I don't feel like doing this the in. <laughs> Yeah, no, I hear you. you know what I mean? <laughs> I hear, and that's the thing too, is like, you know, I've done, uh, I've done the customer service for Inverted Gear. Uh, either me or Hillary have done all the email customer service, except like the last six months of Hillary's pregnancy. Um, and like three, and, uh, like three months after that, we had somebody help. Uh-huh. But besides that, like, you know, I've been sick or Hillary's been sick or we've been traveling and jet lagged and whatever. But like, you know, somebody has to, has to look at the email. And sometimes it was like rock, paper, scissors game. Yeah. Who, who has to do it? But yeah, we got into it and 
I think people people appreciate when somebody's in it for the long haul. Yeah. I mean, because it's an involvement, right? Because I feel as if like, it's kind of like jujitsu, like you just kind of have to just, just jump right in and just keep getting your ass kicked and keep coming back, right? <laughs> the thing with content too is like, I remember like at one point I was committed to a, uh, a weekly blog and I was like, you know, writing every week and I did that for like two years before uh, I, I stopped when we had our son and like people were like, man, you need to write more. I'm like, dude, I'm writing once a week. Like, <laughs> but people use, uh, for whatever reason, like these people resonate with your content, they just look forward to it. Yeah. So in birdie gear, like now, even though like my weekly blog's not there anymore, but we have a bunch of staff writers and we release stuff every week and just having a steady release schedule has really helped grow the brand uh, between all the, we were filming a lot more video before, uh, before Leo came, mm -hmm. but a lot of the videos we filmed, all the, all the blogs that we release, we release. I think one of, we're one of the jujitsu brands that releases the most content. Yes, you do. Yes, you are. I actually liked your, your content because it's, it's just like, it's you. It's not like everyone else who's trying to be glitzy, glamorous, or being tough. It's kind of just like, you're just normal. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like the most popular blog we ever written, I mean, um, was like uh, 10 or it was like, I think it was called Six Jiu-Jitsu Goals That Don't Involve Being a World Champion. Mm -hmm. And like people just resonated with that. Yeah. You know, it was like a lot of, a lot of Jiu-Jitsu content is just like very like, oh, gung-ho, super competitor kind of thing. But mo we have like guys that compete in World Geese, but most of the guys that, you know, most of the girls and guys that buy our stuff are just like, you know, they're like, accountants or you know they have like three kids and like you know they train jiu-jitsu two three times a week creating content that resonates with everybody it's, you're, ne you're never gonna make something that everybody loves so being able to create content for those people so a lot of the stuff we release that might not be for the super competitive purple belt out there but like you know like the hobbyists train jiu-jitsu too absolutely and there's more of there's more hobbyists than competitors in my opinion. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and the hobby, like, yeah, the hobby is actually buy stuff. The competitors are always broke. <laughs> uh, that, Which is the sad truth of our sport. Yeah. Not just jujitsu though. That's most, uh, most athletes are that way. You know, they have to start off even in the world of boxing, but you know. Well, the thing about boxing is like, at least they get to a certain level on this a payday. Yep. Not in, in amateurs. Like, not in amateurs. Not in amateurs. That's, yeah. No, no, amateurs. for sure not. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, it's a very, very few, but I want to go back to your like customer service thing because like, uh, and your content, because, uh, there was some that, that really stuck out with me. So, so a personal story with you is just, uh, when I was like, um, when you sent me a shirt and was like, yo, take a picture of this. And I, and I responded with you and it was like, yo, you want me to like take this, you want me to wear this shirt with, and with a bunch of like, cause I work with a lot of women and I'm like, just surround myself with like lots of women. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. <laughs> and then you're like, and you respond to you're like, uh, Hillary doesn't think that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we made a, like, we made a decision early on. Like we were not, we're not going to be that brand. And then it's been able to like, it's been like, um, uh, like girls that like ask for sponsorship or like, uh, even like some girls that we were actually sponsoring. And then like, they were like taking some pictures. We're like, dude, like we wear my stuff need to cut that down. <laughs> Uh, and also my favorite, um, videos was like, I don't know, a couple of years back you were like, uh, I think it was a Thanksgiving special or something. And I don't know, you made like uh, a the funny, Black Friday. Yeah. 
the, oh, the, the car salesman. That was, in my opinion, that was like brilliant. And at the same time, cringy and terrible. <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely put myself out there on and that it was one. Great. <laughs> yeah. I, I like the, I like the bat, the bat suit and I had like a polo underneath and a, a tie it made no sense. <laughs> Anyway, so, um, you know, we just alluded to it, but so concerning sponsorship, right, which is like pretty much the premise behind this whole um, uh, why I wanted to get get you on. So it's like so a lot of athletes out there want to be acknowledged or noticed and be a sponsored athlete. And what does that look like in the world of inverted gear? So lately, the easiest way to get sponsored is like catching me at an open mat or a camp or something and submitting me or passing my guard. I usually get sponsored. That's the, that's the quickest way. <laughs> After but this it's pandemic, not the easiest way. <laughs> it, 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 that's not the easiest way. Um, yeah, we we've, we've been like cutting the back a little bit. Like it was getting hard to manage having too many people. Yes. And like we do have a good core group of guys that like are, are like you know are create good content. They're like good people. It's like the thing is like if I don't care how many IVGDF opens you've won, if you're an asshole on social media, I have nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. So like this new wave of like talking shit and like you know getting yourself noticed that way, I'm like doesn't vibe with my beliefs or like you know my brand values. So like I don't want anything to do with that. So we had we've had guys in the past that are like asking to get sponsored and like they were like super good competitors and like I knew them and everything but I'm like dude like the vibe you put out doesn't vibe doesn't, mm-hmm. like you know doesn't gel with our brand so I I can't do it I'm sorry and most of the time now it's like we got to burn like you know we got to burn so many times like people ask for sponsorship and like you know then we we make the investment or like send them gear and like you know trying to work with them and then like two weeks uh, a month later like show your role says, oh, you want to be part of our team? And then they're like, no, we're team show your role or whatever other brand out there. So, and like, that's fine. It's just, it just sucks. Like, you know, I made this investment of like sending $600, $700 worth of gear your way. And he's just like, you know, we got nothing out of it. So a lot of times now is like, we, we have the people that we like to work with and they, we've been working with them for a long time now. And we have like, a pretty big team and uh, a few guys that we help compete. And like, you know, I've helped with flights. I pay for tournaments. I've flown people from Brazil to come work in the U uh, come, come to the U S and in it's, it's, it's complicated, you know, like we, we were sponsoring this, this kid and he asked me to buy his ticket to the Abu Dhabi pro. Mm-hmm. So I had to buy a ticket to Abu Dhabi and he got hurt like two weeks before and then didn't go. And like, he didn't even let me know that he wasn't going. I just get an email. Hey, you're, you missed your flight. He's like, you know, I bought this, I bought the ticket. So like, you know, my email was on the, on the thing. So I'm like, dude, what happened? And he's like, oh, uh, I got injured. And like, you know, I'm not a hundred percent. I'm not going. I was like, okay, thank you for letting me know. <laughs> and, and like little things like that have like really burned me. So of sponsoring people that I don't know. So if you, if I know you and you're, com- you're, com- you're like, you're a competitor or like somebody that I know vouches for you, I'll do it. And I'm happy to work with you, but sponsoring people that I don't know is like not longer worth it for me. Mm-hmm. That's the way we've been running it because it, it just got ridiculous over the years. Yeah. I mean, in the beginning, it's kind of like, that's something that you kind of have to do. Right. But if, yeah, you, if yeah, you- for sure. Like at the beginning, if you're just about the same time, it's like whatever, 
whatever you're trying to do, and like, let's say you, I, I was gonna, let's say Joe Smith from New York opens, like, you know, starts his own brand and he wants to sponsor a few people. I'm sure there's a kid at Academy that's a good kid and competes all the time. He can sponsor that guy. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's been to a seminar of a local guy that competes all the time. He can sponsor that guy, you know? So like, it's all about leveraging your network. And like, I never, I've never sponsored like a big name, world champion, multiple, like, you know, 27 time world champion jujitsu guy, because some of these guys, like, you know, as their sponsorship fees are more than I pay myself every month. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's ridiculous. Or like we get like these sponsorship requests from like a, a blue belt. We get a sponsorship request from a blue belt. It's like, oh, these are my month's expenses. I need help paying my gym dues. And then uh, I get massage therapy twice a week. And then a chiropractor once a week. And then I have a strength conditioning coach. So I need to help you. I need you to pay for these things. And I'm like, dude, like, I don't have that. I don't pay, you know, it's like, I don't pay for those things. It's like, you're, you're crazy. Or, you know, like we, everybody likes, I think we, we, we got to this point where like a lot of people just wanted, wanted the label of sponsor athlete. Right. More than they wanted to be a sponsor athlete, you know? And then like, I forget, like there was like a brand that was like, oh, we sponsor, like, you know, if you want to be sponsored, you need to like share this and invite 20 people. It was almost like a pyramid scheme. And then the sponsorship they gave you was like 30% off or something. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like you join my newsletter and you get 15% off. How about that? But yeah, people just want to be, want to be sponsored. And sorry if I sound bitter about the whole no, situation, no, but I, yeah, it's it uh it's a little like, like when you, when you, when you're on the other side of it, it's, it's, it's a little crazy. Like I get, it's calmed down lately. Uh, but man, there were, there were days where I, like, you know, I would have, uh, 25 emails in my inbox and 10 of the emails were sponsorship requests and like, you know, a blue belt from Idaho that's been tearing up the local Idaho scene. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, no, no disrespect to Idaho. It's just top of my head. So I don't see as much return of investment is, I think it could be the correct term is like, you know, over the years is, is we didn't see the return of investment that you would expect from sponsoring a lot of people. Yeah. So we are very picky with who we sponsor. And like I said, like, you know, a lot of like that, the budget that could have been gone through sponsoring like a random blue belt or purple belt from somewhere instead went through or, or traveled. And like, you know, <laughs> I, I enjoy, like, I think the return investment of that has been great and it's worked for us and it's been like, you know, opportunity for a lifetime for me to do it. Mm-hmm. So while uh, we, we do keep a roster of athletes at this point, at this point it's like very, very select. Uh, a lot of people like, you know, now we let them know, Hey, like, you know, we, we need, we, we really need help with pictures and videos for content. If you're not, posting stuff with your gear, you're not like, I'm not sending you anything anymore, uh-huh. you know? And like, that's, that's been helping. And like, at this point, if I have someone that makes a kick ass content and it's like, you know, makes awesome jujitsu videos or like, you know, has funny pictures or stuff like that, I see more work on that than him winning the New York open 15 times, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's great. I think you're like, um, you learn from your mistakes which I feel as if like every jujitsu company or every brand is looking to like get the name out there. But 
at the end of the day, it's like you're, you're, you're pumping out all this money and all this investment, but you're not getting your return on investment. And from a business perspective, that doesn't make any sense. You know, you need a return yeah, I mean, on investment. Yeah. Like I don't want to put the company on blast, but there's, there's a jujitsu company that they top money for an Abu Dhabi champion. And now the company went under mm-hmm. because all their money went to pay for the Abu Dhabi champion, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's a, that's a whole nother story, uh, conversation on its own, you know, uh, as far as like, uh, running a company and how to pick your, I, in a, in a way, jujitsu people are kind of like influencers, you know what I mean? Yes. You know, so for sure. Like there's definitely, uh, some of that to it. And right. the thing is like people, people outside the, the business side of it, like overestimate the sales that jiu-jitsu companies have. <laughs> Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Like we're, we're not Nike, we're not Adidas, you know? Yeah. And like, you know, when like people, oh, same thing, like underestimate, like how, how much it costs us to make stuff. They're like, oh, like, you know, when Nike makes that rush car, it costs them like $2. I was like, yeah, but they make like 2 million rush cards. So like the economy <laughs> of scale is completely different than what we do when we make like 50 of them or a hundred, you know? Absolutely. And I feel as if like, if you've never like started a business or a company or anything of that nature, you really don't understand what it really takes to start something from scratch and invest all your life savings and in hopes that you will get your money back. Most of the time, it's like, you're not going to get your money back. If if anything, you're operating at a loss for the first three, four, five years, correct? Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So as far as being a sponsored athlete, so I, I what I heard was like um, congruency, right? So if you're a, a dirt bag or a douchebag, <laughs> you're not going to be yeah, aligned with, with inverted gear. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so what do I look forward to is like like a, somebody I would enjoy, somebody would enjoy hanging out with, like, you know, good moral character, just nice, uh, well-spoken, good jujitsu create some, like, you know, create some good content, run a good academy. That's, that's the kind of guy or God we're looking for. And, you know, if they, if they compete and do that kind of stuff, like that's a plus, but like, it's not the only thing we're looking for. Yeah. I noticed that. So, I, I noticed that a lot of people like they, they, they think that they have to be like this top competitor to be, be, um, to be sponsored, but that's not necessarily this case anymore. Right. Yeah. No, if you, if you, if you go to our blog, uh, there's a section called uh, Meet the Pandas, mm-hmm. and I think your 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 interview is up there, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, so you and like all most of our sponsor athletes over the years have, are up there, and like the story, like you know, if you if you look through them, it's like you know, some of these guys are engineers uh, or are going like you know, they're like in an Ivy League school and still finding time for jujitsu to compete, or they're a mom or they run a side business and do jujitsu and like jujitsu to escape, like. There's very few of the guys that we interview for that are just like, I, I train three times a day and I compete and that's my life. <laughs> you know, like you, you're not going to, you're not going to find that in our, our list of sponsors. It's not interesting. Like, uh, it, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> if, if like, you know, doing jujitsu and competing is the most interesting about you, I'm like, eh. <laughs> Same with like my group of friends, like all like, you know, if you look at my friends, like 90% of them are jujitsu black belts. Right. But that's like the least least interesting thing about them yeah. is that they do jujitsu and they're black belts or like you know some of my ch- some of my friends are like world champions. But again, like <laughs> that never comes up in conversation. Right. So I I like having like my group of friends. I mean, like most a lot of my jujitsu, uh, a lot of like the guys we sponsor are also like you know friends. But yeah, like having 
I'm interesting, something interesting about you outside of jujitsu. Right. You know, having like, um, I see like people, especially now with COVID out, like a lot of people have been struggling because they don't have jujitsu anymore. And they just realize it's like, dude, like that's like 99% of my personality and, and what I do. Well, that, well, that's uh, refreshing to hear as far as like from, um, you know, because like I said, I feel as if like most young athletes in jujitsu think that they have to be a world beater and the next Marcelo Garcia or somebody to be able to be sponsored. But you know what? You know, just frankly speaking, I feel as if like you just got to get a life outside yeah. of jujitsu. <laughs> yeah. Like then things will come together. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely, I definitely believe that. Like I have like a lot, like, you know, I have a baby boy now, he's two, and then like all, all my friends are like, oh, how many times is he going to win worlds? Or like people ask me, he's like, when is he going to start training? How hard, like, you know, are you going to coach him? And I'm like, he's going to start training if he wants to do it. And like, I'm not, I'm not, not going to force jujitsu on him. And I like, I don't like when parents like force kids into jujitsu at an early age, because uh-huh. I've seen, I've, I've been around both parents and kids that got forced into it. Like, you know, both parents forcing their kids into it and the kids that got forced into it as an adult. Mm-hmm. And they just end up hating it, you yeah. know? Yeah. So I, in my opinion, like jujitsu has a lot more worth and like it's, it's better for you when you're older because there's, there's, you can't, you really can't play sports anymore at this age. You know, it's so hard for you to pick, pick up any other sport at this age and, and be competitive and compete like, and like, you know, being able to do it all the time and found a, like a group of friends that does it. Mm-hmm. It's hard, you know? Yep. So when you're little, it's so easy for you to do anything, like, you know, play soccer, play basketball. Like, you know, I want, like, I want Leo to be like a well-rounded athlete. I want him to do athletics and, um, he is like a super active little boy. So we're probably going to sign, sign him up for gymnastics over the next year. Once things go back to normal. And uh, we've been traveling and teaching camps and stuff. And like, like, you know, sometimes he's interested and jumps in the kids class or like wants to play around when we're doing jujitsu. Sometimes he's not. I'm like, that's fine. Like last thing I want is to be like this, like wrestling parents are just screaming at their kids and like telling the kids they're, they have like a bat tournament so they don't get ice cream kind of thing. So I, I like, you know, I, I really could care less if he never wins a, ma- a jujitsu match or like, you know, uh, a championship like doesn't matter to me as long as he's enjoying it as long as he learns how to defend like you know defend himself yep the defend himself and he has jujitsu when he's older that that would make me happy because i think uh, like my life would be vastly different if it wasn't for jujitsu so i'm thankful for jujitsu i'm thankful for being like you know the, the self-confidence i get from being able like you know knowing i'm i got good at something that is so hard and how that's affected like the rest of my life because like every any challenge I come across now I'm like okay like you know I can do this I just mm-hmm. got to break it down it's like little steps and like you know it might take ten years but eventually I won't suck at this <laughs> right so being able to give that to someone it I think is pretty pretty powerful awesome I only have like a couple more things uh, to ask you so. Nelson, so being in the position of sponsoring and, you know, being just, just as an entrepreneur, there must have been a time where somebody gave you like a ratchet <laughs> experience as far as like, you should sponsor me. <laughs> do, do you have something like that? Do you have a story like that? I remember like this, this was one, he's, he's from the New York area and he wanted to get sponsored and he was like emailing us constantly and, and, uh, he's, 
his like Facebook was like nothing but like like booty shake videos. I like Killer. Like Killer looked him up. And she was like, "No way, no fucking way. We're not sponsoring this." Guy. <laughs> but it was it was like endless, endless booty shake videos. And we're like, what? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And yeah, like the the kids are black belt now. That's good at the black belt level. But I just remember that. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Somebody came back from outside. <laughs> no worries. Ah. <laughs> uh... So definitely no booty shaking on your uh, Instagram or Facebook, guys, if you want to get sponsored. Um, and on that note, uh, Nelson, one last thing. So you, do you have any advice for anyone that's looking to start up again, um, a company or an athlete and or just in a general, you know, uh, words of advice from Big Panda? Uh, yeah, like uh, write down a business plan. Make sure it makes sense. Make sure you are not you know, borrowing money from your parents that they will never see again. So make sure you have a, a good idea what you need to do. Make sure you have the skills needed to pull this off. And if you don't have the skills needed, you have either the patience to develop those skills or have the capital to pay somebody with those skills to do the work necessary. So let's say like, you know, you want to start a t-shirt company, but you don't know how to do graphic design like okay like are you are you are you gonna be able to like pay somebody to design shirts every time mm-hmm. so a lot of like you know i see a lot of people starting companies and like you know paying somebody to design the the, the a t-shirt or a rush car or whatever and then like, they realize like uh like the guy designing the t-shirts is like making money because i'm paying him to design it but like you know we're not selling enough to justify him doing that every time so that's, 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 a, that's, a hard, that's a hard thing about starting a business. It's like, you know, you have to figure these things out. Uh, that being said, it's like easier than ever to, you know, learn any of those skills now. Like, you know, between YouTube and like websites like Skillshare or whatever, like, you know, online classes, like some of the universities are offering. Like if you want to teach yourself web design and the thing is like we were talking about those websites now, like, like Shopify or Wix or Squarespace, it's easier than ever to like make a good looking website. It's not even decent looking anymore. Like now they look good. And like, you know, understanding how to like resize a few image files. And like, you know, you're going to teach yourself how to do, do that through YouTube on a day. You might need to get some design software on your computer. But a lot of, a lot of, there was like a big, we were talking about like getting a website done before with a big barrier of entry because it was so expensive. Now you can do it yourself. And you just, you just understand is uh, like you, you're going to need a lot of patience and you're really going to need to like be able to learn because it's a lot like, you know, your, your business, especially if you like, you know, starting your own business and like putting yourself in, in the position where you start in and you might be the only one doing like, you know, you might be running every facet of the business from uh, pro- product design and website and customer service and fulfillment and, and then like, you know, figuring out your taxes, like all that stuff, it's, it's a lot. And, um, and then like, you know, if you're, if whatever you're making is coming in from overseas and then you gotta, you gotta figure out customs and, and, and import taxes. So being able to have a beginner's mind and realizing like, you know, you just, there's like, you can, there's a lot, like you don't know how much you don't know. And you, you know, like you being willing to learn. Is huge. Like if you if you like if you like close minded and like you know you you don't have time or you don't have, you don't have the willingness 
to be teaching yourself new skills all the time, like it's not for you. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to do one thing, so like just, you know, running your own business might not be for you. Got it. Got it. Um, and on that note, I uh, just want to say, uh, Nelson, thank you for being on. So I just want to say first, thank you for being my sponsors from Purple Belt all the way up. Uh, second, thank you for being an inspiration because you really are a success story in the world of jujitsu, in my opinion. It's like you're living the dream. So uh, all I have to say is keep up the good work because, you know, you are inspiring a lot of people. And, uh, and last, uh, where can people find you as far as social and, and so on? So Inverted Gear Nelson will find me pretty much everywhere. And in, at Inverted Gear, we'll find the, the main Inverted Gear account pretty much everywhere as well. We have a weekly blog uh, and videos are kind of on hiatus until things get normal again. But we have some big things planned. I have, I, the last, the traveling with David between like November and January, I filmed a lot of video and I've been editing like a bunch of like travel vlogs, but just, I don't think it's the, time, the right time to be releasing those into a global <laughs> pandemic when no one can travel. Yeah. So that stuff will get released eventually. We plan on start bringing in, uh, we're getting some kettlebells made and club bells and like some home fitness equipment with a panda on it made. So we'll be making a lot of um, like kettlebells for jujitsu or like, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of like um, fitness stuff uh, videos, like, you know, with a jujitsu emphasis, not just getting in shape, but like, you know, things you should be doing. So whatever exercising you're doing helps your jujitsu once we get back on the mat. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're working on that stuff. So that's going to start pumping soon. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, once again, thank you for being on and sharing your life story and inverted gears, uh, humble beginnings and success stories, so to speak. And, uh, with that said, uh, this has been, wrote a show from Ratchet Dojo. Again, you can find us on Instagram at Ratchet Dojo. Until next time, you guys, peace.